Is P.K. Subban going to be on the move to the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Boston Bruins? Also, it's a battle between Yanni Kwokinen and Pavel Zaka. Who should be in the top six and who should be moved down? We have a lot to discuss in this episode, so buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 10.10 p.m. Eastern Time, September 13th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, I literally uh, had to run out before I recorded this episode to get a new microphone because unfortunately I stupidly uh, broke my USB cord on my old microphone. So uh, long live my old microphone. It lasted me about 280 episodes. So too bad it couldn't reach to 300. But you know what? It made the 100 episode milestone and also the 200 one. So I can't complain. So for any of you podcasters, uh, artists, whatever the case might be, take care of your equipment. So uh, I got this new microphone. So I, I apologize if the audio might sound a little different. I'm still trying to get used to it and I'm still trying to adjust the audio adjust my tone level so that way I can pretty much get used to it so uh, like I said I had to run out to Walmart literally before I hit record because uh, I just realized oh no I broke my microphone so uh, yeah that's uh, kind of disappointing that sucks but like I said the show must go on and I'm going to provide you guys with some great devil's content so if you missed the last episode I basically talked about uh, the NHL's requirements for unvaccinated players and I gave my two cent opinion on it like I mentioned I am fully vaccinated but I tried to play neutral because at the same time I'm not really going to press someone to uh, get vaccinated or whatever the case might be because you know I've met some people who who do have medical uh, uh, concerns, as in, um, you know, I, I know a girl, she can't get the vaccine because she's allergic to it. So, you know, things of that nature. I'm just like, okay, you can assert yourself uh, with these certain rules, but try to be more lenient and fair, especially for fans, because I want to see sellout arenas. And, you know, if we put uh, a limit on who can come in and who can't, then, uh, you know, that might cause some issues. But I don't know how long these rules are going to remain in play. Maybe just for this season, then next season, they won't really care. But I don't really know. So we're not really going to talk about that. So I forget if I mentioned it in the last episode or the episode before that. But I brought up a silly season scenario, which is P.K. Subban. Could he possibly be on the move from the New Jersey Devils? Now, we know the situation for P.K. Subban. We've been talking about this for months on end. Should P.K. Subban be traded? Uh, Should we expose him in the expansion draft? In fact, I I remember like, you know, six or so months before the expansion draft, um, you know, we we were basically saying P.K. Subban, it's pretty much a guarantee that the Seattle Kraken are going to take him in this year's uh, expansion draft. And then I was like, oh, wait, I did some more research and I found out that if the uh, Seattle Kraken do take P.K. Subban and we didn't make any trades or any deals beforehand, then we would be like $25 million away from the cap floor, I believe. Like I said, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, covered this topic, but uh, needless to say, like we would have been in a financial situation had P.K. Subban been picking up at the expansion draft, and I don't think that Ryan Murray deal would have helped 
much, but you know, it was a, a domino piece to fall. So, you know, it, it basically like it would have helped a little bit, but not tremendously. But, you know, it, it, we could have exposed PK Subban in the draft and, you know, sleep a little better at night. Not, not like a baby sleeping, but, you know, sleep somewhat comfortably. So, uh, you know, I, I was basically seeing these uh, reports and rumors surface the internet. And like I told you guys, I was just basically waiting to get more information to see would someone release uh, certain scenarios as to what players might be involved. Uh, does P.K. Subban uh, want to get out of New Jersey because his role is going to diminish? He is projected to be playing on the third defensive line pairing. So there was a lot of uh, rumors and speculations as to what was going to happen. So I was doing research, and unfortunately, I couldn't really find anything that went more in-depth with this because the, the, the main factor in this is his contract. And the thing is, I the New Jersey Devils, if they were to trade P.K. Subban, the New Jersey Devils would have to retain uh, about half of his salary cap in order for a team to be somewhat interested in him. And I was just like, okay, you know, we, we, we get that, but are there any teams that are sparking interest? I was seeing the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was seeing the Boston Bruins, uh, you know, sparking some interest. I was looking at Sports Illustrated. I was looking at Fansided. I was looking at Editor and Leaf on Fansided. And basically, I couldn't really find anything that went more in-depth with the P.K. Subban uh, silly season in terms of him possibly being traded. So, you know what? I'm just going to give my opinion, which is why can't we just suck it up for one more year? We got P.K. Subban. And quite honestly, guys, I would much rather have P.K. Subban than not have him. And then we put ourselves into a very, uh, let's just say, uh, unideal situation, if that even is a word. Because let's face it, if we trade P.K. Subban, like I said, we're going to have to retain half of the salary cap. And then what do we get in return? We get like a couple of, you know, B-level prospects. And I'm just like... Yeah, that's not really going to help us in the long run. And, you know, we still have to pay P.K. Subban. So at the end of the day, is it really worth it to trade him? Why can't we just suck it up for one more year? We tried exposing him in the draft. It didn't work. And, you know, I think we've tried trading him before. But like I said, that contract really puts a damper on things. And quite honestly, guys, when we're looking at our defense, like uh, because we were able to acquire Dougie Hamilton and it kind of shape-shifted our, our defensive pairings. We got rid of Will Butcher. So, you know, the the top defensive line pairing is most likely going to be Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton. The second line pairing will most likely be Damon Severson and Ty Smith. And then you got Jonas Siegenthaler and P.K. Subban. If you ask me, that's actually pretty good depth for our defensive pairing. So I would much rather have P.K. Subban on our roster because – you know, I feel as though the less we're going to ask out of P.K. Subban, the more he's going to produce, quite honestly. Because if you if you think about it in this context, when we first got P.K. Subban, he was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the man to take us out of the gutter and take us to the next level because we had Taylor Hall on our roster, and I believe he was coming off of an MVP season. And uh, it, it, it just didn't work. So, you know, we, we had to clear house. We had to trade away Taylor Hall, Andy Green, and then... You know, years later, here we are right now, and P.K. Subban still hasn't really amounted to much. So it's just like, you know, do do we keep him? Do we trade him? Do we expose him? We've tried trading him. Didn't work. We've tried exposing him. It didn't work. So why don't we just, you know, make do with what we got? And quite honestly, guys, when P.K. Subban's contract expires... I'm not opposed to bringing him back on a cheaper deal, if I'm being completely honest. So I am a full on board with P.K. Subban. I haven't lost hope for him yet, 
but at the same time, you know, he is testing my patience a little bit. But like I said, I believe this season is going to be different because Dougie Hamilton is going to be the man. Then they're going to look for Ty Smith. And then Ryan Graves, he's kind of a wild card out there. Damon Severson, one of our alternate captains, he's going to be the leader. Jonas Siegenthaler, the golden boy for Lindy Ruff. And then we got P.K. Subban. And, you know, I, I, I don't have anything against P.K. Subban. He's going to be one of our leaders this season. But at the same time, it was like, you know, what are we expecting out of P.K. Subban, if I'm being completely honest? So, uh, yeah, that's basically my two-cent opinion on the P.K. Subban trade rumors. And like I said, I was looking at articles extensively. It didn't really bring up any players that would be involved. It was more of just like a hypothetical scenario that really just didn't go into detail. And it was, you know, brief articles just saying rumors are speculating. So I had all the information, but, you know, that's all I have to to uh, inform you guys in that regard. So let's get on with the first live read this morning. And it comes from Bet Online. So I hope you're enjoying football so far. So we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, NHL, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to check out our friends at Locked On Bets and use that promo code Locked On. And now the second live read comes from DirecTV. And this is very relevant for some of you football fans. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch uh, the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a, a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of that clutter and that confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com compatible devices required content varies by package okay let's switch gears shall we so let's talk about pavel zaka and yanni kwokinen so why am i uh talking about pavel zaka and yanni kwokinen you might be asking well which one of those players out of those two do you want in your top six? Basically, I saw an article on Fansided, courtesy of Pucks and Pitchforks, that it could be a toss-up between Yanni Kwokinen and um, Pavel Zaka. So I've already touched on this in a previous episode in which I talked about Pavel Zaka most likely being knocked out of the top six because with the acquisition of Thomas Tatar, it's just going to have to be like that because I didn't want to break up the band of the kids of Hughes, Sharon Govich, and Kwokinen. And then, uh, you know, Tatar's defense isn't exactly up to par. So you kind of have to hide him with uh, decent two-way players like Brat and uh, Heizer. But, um, you know, like I said, it's no slander to Pavel Zaka, but I felt like that was the best case scenario 
in terms of just, uh, you know, making room for Thomas Tatar and also maybe Pavel Zaka, I think, out of Miles Wood and Michael McLeod, he'll be the best offensive player on that respective line if Lindy Ruff chooses to put him on that third line pairing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, he'll get a decent amount of playing time. And I, I still feel as though he'll be able to translate what he was doing this past season to the future one. But, um, you know, the, I, I like I said, I saw an article on Fansite and basically said that maybe Yanni Kwokinen should be given the boot out of the top six. Now, here's the thing. It, it, I, I really do like Yanni Kwokinen, but if we're comparing him to Jack Hughes and also Igor Sharangovich, we talk, you know, highly of Jack Hughes. We talk highly of Igor Sharangovich, but we don't really talk highly of Kwokinen. Now, now, just bear with me for a second because, you know, Sharon Govich and Ty Smith, I think, are arguably were the best rookies on the team for the New Jersey Devils this past season. Now, you know, you can debate with me all you want, but, like, just look at the Calder Memorial Trophy uh, race and you see that uh, Smith and also Sharon Govich were in the top 10 in terms of, you know, the voting. And then, you know, you know, look at Yanni Kwokinen. And Yanni Kwokinen, his production was pretty decent. And, you know, we didn't really think he would do too much uh, to begin the season. But uh, in, in one game, I believe it was against Boston, in one of our first games back from the hiatus, he had three assists and he was asserting himself. And I believe that was when Lindy Ruff said, we might have something special in this kid. But, you know, when we're looking at his stats, he appeared in 50 games. He had eight goals, 17 assists for a grand total of 25 points. Now, when comparing that to someone like Igor Sharangovich, Sharangovich appeared in 54 games, had 16 goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 30 points. So when we're comparing Sharangovich to Kwokinen, like, you know, uh, the, the battle of the rookies, you know, you, you can look on paper and say, well, you know, uh, Sharangovich had five more points than uh, in, but at the end of the day, any Devils fans will tell you this. You know, when we're watching Sharon Govich, he just looks more assertive. He looks like he's uh, he belongs out there. And you would have never guessed that Sharon Govich was a fifth round pick uh, out of Belarus and basically was putting up solid numbers in the AHL program and also overseas. So, you know, when we're looking at uh, once again, Kwokinen and Sharon Govich, it's just like. Yeah, the, the, the numbers aren't, you know, drastically different on paper context, but in context in general, we know who the better player is, and that's Sharon Govich. So, you know, when we're looking at Kwokinen, it's like, you know, was he really that good or was Jack Hughes, because Jack Hughes is obviously the glue piece for uh, the kid line, uh, what, what, was that just Jack Hughes' magic just making Kwokinen look better? Because uh, Jack Hughes' numbers would have been much higher had Sharon Govich and Kwokinen been translating their shots into goals. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just like the, we're, we're a young team. We didn't get much practice. So something like that, we have to take it with a grain of salt. And then when we're looking at someone like Pavel Zaka, look what Pavel Zaka was able to do when Nico Heizer was out. And it seemed like that Pavel Zaka was asserting himself like he was a man on the mission. So, albeit, you know, when we're looking at the stats for Pavel Zaka, similar to Kwokinen and Sharon Govich, it's nothing like, you know, to make you jump out of your seat if you're a casual hockey fan. But if you're a Devils fan, you saw the growth, you saw the development in Pavel Zaka. And I saw that especially, and which is why I actually did an episode on this during the course of the season, which is, who would you rather have out there? Would you rather have Pavel Zaka, you know, uh, starting on the second or first line 
and, and you know move Nico Heizer down to possibly the third line because remember Nico Heizer missed a good chunk of the season. He uh, was destined to come back, and then you know I made the episode saying like should should Nico Heizer just move down to the third line so that way you know Nico Heizer is the man on that line. He can ease back into it, and then it doesn't disrupt Pavel Zaka's rhythm because. Uh, Nico Heizer is going to have to play the center position and then Pavel Zaka is going to have to move over to a wing position and I just didn't want to disrupt uh, Pavel Zaka's flow and when Nico Heizer came back Pavel Zaka didn't miss a beat so you know uh, I think when we're looking at it from that context it's just like was Kokkonen really that good or was Jack Hughes just you know making him look good so you know, at the same time, I still think Quokin is a good player, but I've been talking to a few Devils personalities, and you know, they're a little, I guess, up in the air in terms of Quokin's development. We literally did a player profile on uh, Yanni Quokin just a couple episodes ago, and I said that the reason I wanted to do that player profile is because I've talked a lot about Jack Hughes. I did a player profile for Igor Sharangovich like back in May or so. And I just felt like that Yanni Kwokinen needed some more love and respect. But at the end of the day, it's just like, should we move uh, Yanni Kwokinen out of the top six rotation? Keep Pavel Zaka in the top six rotation? Because when we're thinking of it like this, Pavel Zaka, you know, despite his young age, he's still one of the more experienced players on this Devils roster. So uh, born in 1997, could you believe that? He's only a couple years older than me. And he's 24 years of age, yet he's been with the organization since 2015. That's, you know, a lot more experience than a lot of guys on uh, this roster. Not NHL experience, just experience with this organization. So it's just like, you know, should I was a little hesitant to uh, bump Pavel Zaka out of the top six. But at the same time, I didn't want to break the band of the kid line or the youth line, whatever you want to call them, and, and just, you know, disrupt that rhythm. And I was just like... Maybe we should just let um, the the kid line just play the first few games, see how it goes, and if one of them is struggling, then you can move them down. But you know, if Hughes or Sharon Govich are struggling, I think Lindy Ruff will give them more leeway as opposed to Yanni Kwokinen because there's always an odd man out on the line. It, it's just how it is. Even you know, if you have a star player, there's always an odd man out. Just just so we know. Like, like I'm, I'm not trying to slander Yanni Kwokinen. It's just a fact because there's always the best player, then there's the second best player, and then there's the third best player where, you know, they'll get love, but maybe not as much love as the first two. So I'm just putting that out there. So before you guys slander at me, before you come at me, I have the utmost respect for Kwokinen, but I'm just saying it how it is. So uh, I'm going to give you guys my final verdict in a second, but first I have to give you guys the third and final live read this morning. And it comes from Bilt Bar. So, did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? I love coconut. So, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out these statistics 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy so or today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like built bar was also the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team that's pretty cool if you ask me so the offer is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order again use the promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com 
So basically to give a little bit of a recap, I'm basically discussing hypothetical scenarios for the top six uh, for the New Jersey Devils. And I cannot confirm nor deny this uh, as to uh, which players is going to be in the top six or not. Um, like I said, it's just completely opinionated just based on articles I see based on my overall objections. And, you know, like I said, things like this is very subjective. So, um, you know, uh, I'm just gonna have to wait for training camp. I'm going to have to wait for exhibition games. And then I'm going to have to wait, uh, for the start of the regular season, which at the time of this recording is 33 days away. So Ryan Graves is uh, Jersey number, uh, until opening night. So, uh, let's get back to the discussion. So Yanni Kokkonen, a young rookie who, you know, had a respectable rookie year campaign. Uh, I do see a lot of growth and development, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, uh, d- does he rely too heavily on Jack Hughes and can he develop in the right direction? Because but th- to be fair, like Yanni Kokkonen wasn't projected to do what he was supposed to do at the beginning of the season. And, you know, he wasn't really a vital piece of the rotation to start the season, but, you know, he asserted himself. He had a really good game, and I even said it at the time of that uh, game uh, when I had to record an episode on it. I said, Yanni Kwokinen, if he continues to do that, then he can have a much bigger impact on the New Jersey Devils roster, quite honestly, because I said, Yanni Kwokinen probably was getting tired of just being sent down to the taxi squad so often and was just like, you know what? I'm going to make myself a permanent piece on this roster. And you know what? For any of my listeners out there, you know, if you are on a thin leash uh, for a sport, you know, make it a difficult decision for your coach or whoever's in charge to basically demote you. Like, you know, work your tail off and, you know, get to uh, where you want to get to. So, Anyway, you know, Yanni Kwokinen, I respect the hard work and determination and, you know, credit to Jack Hughes for uh, helping his development uh, go quicker. But on the other side of the coin, you know, Pavel Zaka has been with the organization since 2015. Uh, Pavel Zaka was destined to have a, you know, a pretty big year had uh, the Devils had a regular 82 game season. And, you know, for Pavel Zaka, I'm loving the growth and development because uh, towards the latter half of the 2019-2020 season, I started to see glimpses of Pavel Zaka's, uh, you know, overall uh, development. And then it was on full display throughout the 2021 season. So, um, and Pavel Zaka was also really good in the power play. So he led our team in power play points as well and power play goals. So, you know, just putting that out there, Pavel Zaka uh, w- w- was leading our specialty teams, essentially. And we all know how lackluster the, the New Jersey Devils' is, uh, uh, specialty teams were this past season. So, uh, you know, that's going there as well. But at the same time, you know, it really did get me thinking, should uh, Yanni Kwokinen be kicked out of the top six in favor for Pavel Zaka? So, oh man, this is really difficult because the thing is, like I told you, you cannot move Tatar to the uh, Sharon Govich and Jack Hughes line because, like I mentioned, uh, Tatar's defense is not that good. So you kind of have to keep him with Nico Heizer and Jesper Brat because both of those players are decent two-way players. Not a knock to Sharon Govich or Jack Hughes, but you know, I, 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 if I, if money was on the line. I would place all my money on Jesper Brat and Nico Heizer to get the job done defensively, and I think a lot of people can agree with me on that. 
Uh, I mean, you could put him with Miles Wood, but Miles Wood plays on the bottom six, and, and I don't think Tatar wants to play on the bottom six. I, I don't think he wants to do that after uh, leading the Montreal Canadiens and scoring just a couple seasons ago. I don't think he's going to go for that. So, you know, you got that going as well. So it's just like Tatar has to be guaranteed a top six position. So, you know, if it's between Tatar, Zaka, and Kwokanen, Tatar is a lock for the top six, in my opinion, barring anything uh, catastrophic. And now um, for Kwokanen, it's just like, my only question is, if you put him on the line of Miles Wood, let's just say hypothetically speaking, Miles Wood begins the season playing on the third line, not the fourth line, and, you know, then you got a Mikey McLeod there. Can you move Kwokanen to uh, that third line and can Kwokanen be that assertive player? Because we know what Miles Wood can do, but a lot of people don't know that actually Nathan Bastian and Mikey McLeod led the New Jersey Devils in hits. So uh, Nathan Bastian led it, the team overall. Mikey McLeod was right on his tail, uh, you know, up there as well. So it's just like, you know, uh, now that Nathan Bastian is gone and going to play for the Seattle Kraken, it's just like if you move Kwokanen down to that uh, overall third line or fourth line, whatever the case might be, can he assert himself on that line and, you know, basically fill the hole what Bastion was supposed to do? So, you know, Bastion, bottom six player, uh, I think I just loved his physicality. I think that's uh, why a lot of people loved him. But, um, you know, at the same time, I, I know Yanni Kwokanen can fill the void offensively, but the thing is, is like, can uh, Miles Wood and Mikey McLeod facilitate well enough to set Kwokanen up for, you know, decent enough shots? And can Kwokanen also, you know, return the favor because Kwokanen did have 17 assists, you know, last season. And uh, just looking at it from that perspective, it's just like, um, yeah, what what can Kwokanen do uh, on a pairing of Miles Wood and Mikey McLeod? But, you know, then again, Mikey McLeod is young himself, so I, I don't think he would be alone in that regards. And then, uh, I think Miles Wood will do whatever it takes to whip um, uh, Kwokanen into shape. And then for Pavel Zaka, it's just like, has he earned to be on the top line? Because it's just like, I would much rather have him on the second line. But, you know, it, it's really tight-thin right now. So it's just like, I, we, we got to mix and match here. And I, like I said, I don't want to remove Heizer or Brat from that respective line. Uh, and I want to keep uh, Nico Heizer... Uh, you know, with Thomas Tatar, so that way Tatar can develop in the right direction with the Devils organization. So, oh man, it's really difficult, but uh, I'm going to say since Pavel Zaka was able to, uh, you know, uh, do well in scoring for us last season and also was doing well for us in the power play opportunity, I'm going to have to say, I say keep Pavel Zaka in the top six and move Kwokanen down to the bottom six rotation. That's my opinion for right now. Uh, I'm kind of a pancake on this. I'm kind of flip-floppity because I might change my opinion 20 minutes later. But overall, you know, after saying what I'm saying out loud, after doing my research, it's just like, you know, I think I had, if I had to bet on it, I would bet on uh, Pavel Zaka to do much better uh, with the top six than Yanni Kwokanen. And Yanni Kwokanen can be that, I guess, go-to guy for the bottom six players, even though, you know, Kwokanen is going to be, you know, playing in his uh, official sophomore year campaign in the NHL. Remember, he's had a few cups of coffee with the Carolina Hurricanes, but his official rookie season was this past season since he appeared in 50 games. So, 
uh, you know, in his official uh, sophomore year, even though uh, he, he uh, has three years of NHL experience technically. It's just like I think Quokinen can um, – I, I, I still think he could develop with, like, Miles Wood and Mikey McLeod. I, I don't think that's out of the ordinary. But at the same time, it's just like – uh, if Lindy Ruff were to roll with that kid line, then the captain line, then that same checking line, and then, you know, do whatever he wants with the energy line, I, I believe Andreas Janssen will definitely be on that line, um, then I, I wouldn't complain either. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, maybe for certain games you move Pavel Zaka to the top six, and then you move Yanni Kokkinen down to the bottom six. So I say for, like, the true contending teams, I'm, I'm, I have more faith in Pavel Zaka to do something with Jack Hughes and Igor Sharangovich as opposed to Kwokinen just sticking by with those two. But, you know, for, for the lesser important games, then maybe uh, just leave it as it is. I, I don't know. It's really uh, it's a really interesting take, and it's just something that we're just going to have to wait until training camp and the regular season uh, begins for the New Jersey Devils. So let me know what you guys think because, like I said, I saw this article on Fanside, and I found the debate quite interesting because I never thought of it from – that perspective and you know thinking what i'm thinking and saying what i'm saying it, it it all starts to make sense a little bit more but let me know what you guys think on uh locked on devils that's about all the time i have for you guys today continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day new jersey i will catch you guys in the next episode uh once again i apologize if the audio is acting up a little bit like i said i got a new microphone didn't plan on doing so but uh, here we are right now. So episode one with this new microphone. So bear with me as I try to adjust the audio. So go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.